It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to episode 389 of Locked On Canadians. Before we get into the goodness that is the Habs being up 3-0 in, on the Winnipeg Jets in their second round, let's just tell you about a couple of shows that we've got on the NHL channel on Locked On. And that is one, the Locked On NHL is a daily show that covers all aspects of the NHL. We're very, very focused on the Habs, but Locked On NHL covers the news and issues on a daily basis. And then we've got a flagship show called Crosscheck NHL, where they go a little bit deeper into the issues and they have a wonderful guest every week. There's two episodes a week. So check out Crosscheck NHL and Locked On NHL, wherever you listen to us, wherever you get your podcasts. We promise they're great. but we're Lockdown Canadians, and we are here to talk about the Montreal Canadiens. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla himself. Scott, how are you doing on this extremely warm Sunday night in June where the Habs are playing hockey? Well, for one thing, I'm relentlessly sweating and have been for about three days straight now. Uh, I don't do well in the heat, which... Uh, baffles me that I chose to go on a hike yesterday down in Corning. Uh, but after that game, I am, I am feeling so good. I I've kind of started approaching every game with the jets the same way in that, like, well, let's just see what happens. Maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be terrible. Who knows? This is all gravy on top of the poutine right now. Like, and at, so far the vibes and the series is absolutely immaculate outside of Mark Shifley being a giant coward. So let's talk about the game real quick, and then we'll get into what happened and any adjustments that need to be made for tomorrow. And then I've got some things to say at the very end of this episode, so I hope you stick around for that, especially if you're tired of hearing your least fans friends commenting on this series. Let's start with the game. Carey Price, amazing as always. Was there any doubt? I cannot say enough. Second, the Canadians were able to impose their game on the Winnipeg Jets. Third, even the guys who weren't scoring like Josh Anderson and Cole Caulfield, they had a major impact on the game. Cole Caulfield with another beautiful pass to Nick Suzuki for one of those goals, but also it's only a matter of time before this guy scores. He's all over the ice. He's in Hellebuck's face and it's just so great to watch, but even Josh Anderson throwing the body around the Canadians are going to win by being a bit more physical than we're used to. They are, often going to be uh, grinding. They're going to be playing defensively. And so far, to be honest, I feel that the Canadians have been able to impose their own game on the Jets. It doesn't matter. In game one, Mike Shifley was there, but uh, Stasny wasn't there. In game two, neither was there. And then in game three, Stasny came back, but the Canadians were still able to impose their will on the, on the Jets. It's funny is that uh, Paul Stasny got into warmups and everyone who was at the Bell Center pointed out the exact same thing in that he doesn't look right at all. And Paul Stasny is a center and he is out there on the wing on his line. And I don't think Paul Stasny was a factor in this game at all. He's very clearly 
playing through some kind of injury or whatnot, which not my uh, not my boat to put my head in and tell uh, Paul Maurice what to do with his team or anything like that. Or if Stastny went, I'm good to play. I want to get in there and try to help. But man, you can tell that the Jets are looking for any semblance of a spark here anything they can do because they're not getting it from their defense. Josh Morrissey ended up on another uh, highlight reel shorthanded goal for the second game in a row as uh, Yol Armia toe dragged around him and scored on his former team. Uh, it's just the Jets don't have anything and the Canadians have everything. Like they're getting saves and not that Connor Hellebuck isn't making saves, but he isn't making every save. And Jets fans are kind of looking at it and like, there's no adjustments through three games. The Jets haven't adjusted to anything the Canadians have done. And Montreal is just there doing their thing. They're chugging along, running full four lines. You've got the retirement line out there. You got the young guns. It's just whatever Montreal does, they, they keep doing. And I have a fun stat that uh, comes from natural Statric. and Nathan at eyes on the prize kind of explained this to me. Brendan Gallagher, Arturi Lekkanen, and Philip Deneau had an expected goals of 1.76 to 1.77. So the top line was up there. And he broke it down as like this to me. I guess the best way to uh, analyze expected goals is saying that the average NHL shootout success is what? 25%, 30%. So an unassailed clear-cut breakaway has an expected goals of 0.3. So 1.76 expected goals is roughly the equivalent of six breakaways in a game. That's how good the Canadians' top line was tonight. Points or not, I know and scored, but the Canadians are just running a high-danger chance, scoring chance train on the Winnipeg Jets. And it is so, so beautiful to watch after they kind of slugged through the Leafs series. Now the offense is just, it's just running now, and nothing is slowing it down. That's a great point. <laughs> and I was actually surprised at, uh, at, uh, Harrison when he, in our crossover on Friday, he mentioned that, you know, everything we said, he was like, Oh, that doesn't bode well for the jets. Uh, and it is because they're not really good at adjusting. And that's something that we had Caron also from Arctic, Arctic ice hockey, uh, quite a while ago when we were talking about line a before he was traded to Columbus and, uh, you know, Paul Maurice is not known for his adjustments or when he does make adjustments, usually they're in the wrong direction. And he keeps saying in his press conferences, things along the lines of we should trust our process or we should trust our game or something like that, you know, things along those lines. And it's like, well, if you don't make adjustments, you're in the round two of the Stanley cup playoffs. Like the Canadians were able to beat the Leafs after going down three, one by making adjustments. And this is the thing too, is that like, we haven't had a lot of faith in Dominique Ducharme to make the right adjustments, but he was still making adjustments. It's just even through the regular season, he was making adjustments that we didn't like, but he was still doing that. Right. You have to be able to respond to the situation. And in this, in, in this scenario, like what the Canadians are doing and what Dominique Ducharme is doing, and also particularly what the Winnipeg Jets are doing, all of this is playing into the Canadian strengths and bringing out what they're good at. And the Canadians are ending up on the advantage. And it's very easy to be talking this big game when the Canadians are up three, nothing to the Winnipeg Jets, but it is just a matter of math in order to win this series. The Canadians need to win one more game in order to win the series. The Winnipeg Jets need to win 
four. They cannot afford to lose a single one. So obviously the ideal scenario is the Canadians close it out at home in game four. They get some rest while the Avs and the uh, Golden Knights go to game seven and play a physical bruising game, beat the crap out of each other. And the Canadians can wait in Montreal, have some family time maybe and, and go over. But that's not a guarantee. And it's very likely that they have to go back to Winnipeg to game in game five because game four is the hardest one to win but uh they are they do have their work cut out for them but i do feel that anything is possible like scott you said before we started getting into the um into the into the recap and anything is possible they might be able to win but something that was concerning is that jeff petrie is injured we're going to talk about that in just one moment we're going to talk about what the canadians can do for the next game in order to ensure that they're able to close out the series at home And that is coming up in just one moment. But first. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual SPACs underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash lockdown NHL to start growing your savings. So go to wealthfront.com slash lockdown NHL and get started today. It is 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. If you don't know what Lucy is, Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better, cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, a tobacco alternative that doesn't suck. It's been researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Nicotine gum comes in three amazing flavors in wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. And the lozenge comes in three flavors as well with cherry ice, citrus, and mint. And the lozenges and gum are both FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA card to purchase Lucy now. Locked on NHL Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code locked on at NHL. Also, I have to give this disclaimer warning these products contain nicotine derived from tobacco, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code locked on NHL. So initially, it didn't look like a scary moment in the on the ice. It's only in retrospect when uh, Sportsnet was able to find the replay of it. Uh, it even looked innocuous in the replay, to be honest, because what happened was Jeff Petrie got his hand, and we think it's his pinky finger. Uh, Dominique Ducharme, after the game, had no update. He said he would know tomorrow ahead of the game. The replay looks like it's somewhere like his ring pinky finger in there got jammed in uh, the camera well along the ice, which 
moving as quick as you are in a hockey game uh, is no bueno whatsoever. As someone who's jammed fingers in wrestling mats, football helmets, assorted just things at work, I can't imagine skating along uh, at some kind of speed and just ramming your finger right in there. Uh, he was able to play the end of the second, but I guess as a precaution, they kind of went, you know. Uh, yeah, maybe don't let your finger fall off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like, not good. <laughs> we need you it's with also- all 10 fingers, Jeff, not nine, <laughs> at least not right now. <laughs> right. It's also like it's in the middle of a game, right? Just imagine if you've got like a bunch of skin scraped off and then you put your finger in a germy glove. Maybe like that's what they were trying to avoid. Like, don't do that. Either way, whatever the injury is, we think it's gross and we hope he's okay. And it's entirely possible that he's going to be good to go for, t- for, for the game game tomorrow we don't know it might be just a precautionary thing it might be he's going to need some stitches it might be he's going to need to miss some time but here's the thing the canadians have a great young defenseman who still has not played a playoff game and he will be rusty when he draws into the lineup but there is a fully competent nhl defenseman waiting in the wings how many teams can say that it's rare uh i am very glad i mean Here's the thing about it is that if they are resting Petrie as a precaution because they think they can do this uh, without him, uh, it's a huge BDE move, to be quite honest. It, it's a, <laughs> it is a huge dunk on the Jets that the Canadians are like, yeah, we can do this without our best defenseman. Like, what are you going to do about it? We obviously hope that Petrie is OK, to be quite honest with you, because we know how important Jeff Petrie is and he has looked like a new player in this series. So looking at the way the uh, winner or the Winnipeg, uh, the Vegas Colorado series is going, they're going to need Jeff Petrie at full health, but man, get Alexander Romanov some ice time because you might need him too, just because his style might fit a more up-tempo series. It's there's not a downside here unless, you know, Petrie's seriously hurt, which we don't think he is, or we don't hope that he is right now. But for Dominique Ducharme, like he has faith in his defense. Like for there was a point in this game that Eric Gustafson hadn't allowed a shot attempt against and led the team. He had a hundred percent Corsi four, which Gustafson Gustafson there. <laughs> Nick Suzuki's power play goal came on a play started by Eric Gustafson and Joel Edmondson on the power play. I know. When I saw that, I was like, is that that's Joel Edmondson on the, on the power play? 32 makes sense 44 being out there is just (laughs) laughing at the jets like that's just mocking another team that's like we're putting out joel edmondson and you can't stop it that's savage Um, it's absolutely savage it's so good it's so good there were so many things that were good but we have to talk about Corey perry it's become a regular thing now in the playoffs, even when the Canadians don't do well, Corey Perry is doing well. And now that the Canadians are winning six in a row, he's been instrumental. It blows my mind that this almost didn't happen. It was an afterthought signing at league minimum. It blows my mind that like, this is how important he's become in the playoffs. And I know that's why Mark Bergevin signed him, right? Like it was like insurance for the playoffs, insurance, death, blah, blah, blah. He obviously had to play a lot because of, of injuries in the regular season. And then the Canadians screwed up their cap math or whatever. And then they had to keep him up on the, in the lineup. But the way that he's been playing in the playoffs, it's like, it's, it's honestly, it's the anniversary apparently of him um, 14 years ago, the ducks won the cup tonight i think and and it's it's honestly like he's playing like he's 22 again it it is absolutely crazy watching him do stuff uh i have a tweet that i haven't put out there yet because i've already dealt with enough dumb leaf fans over things 
Corey Perry has ended up being what they thought Wayne Simmons would be. Yeah. It, and that's both good and bad because one Corey Perry is not a possession forward or anything like that, but his line just generates scoring chances over and over and over again. Even if they're surrendering them, the jets don't have an answer for Corey Perry and Eric Stahl, which is not a thing I thought I would say in 2021 to be the Montreal Canadiens fourth line of Joel Armia, Eric Stahl, and Corey Perry is driving the Winnipeg Jets insane. If I said that in like 2010, you'd be like, what kind of drugs are you on? Like, If you said that in 2020, I would ask you what kind of drugs you were on. That's entirely fair, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, also just want to say, you know, like I watched him in the first period uh, do a bunch of cycling. Obviously, that, that cycle that everybody's talking about, the fourth line is doing so well. Uh, he basically danced this ballet around the ice. He's not he's not very fast, but he still got a bit of grace to him. And then he like he scored a goal as if it was effortless. And then later in the shift, he was blocking shots. I was like, is there anything Corey Perry doesn't doesn't do? And then at the end of the games, when he's going to grab the pucks for his teammates and he's like running to price to cuddle him. And I was just like, who is this guy? Like, what what is this Corey Perry? Has this been Corey Perry all along? Corey Perry has become a new beast in the playoffs for the second year in a row. It, it is just the strangest timeline that I've ever been a part of. It's so weird. It's great. I'm enjoying it. It's so weird. Again, I refuse to acknowledge that I like him because I know as soon as I do, he's going to decapitate somebody. So for the record, Corey Perry, great on the Habs. I still have not come around and I will not come around until after the season is over. Uh, <laughs> and if he resigns in Montreal, then I can't come around then either because I'm terrified that he's going to injure somebody. Uh, all right. I have some things to say, Scott, about... Uh, some other fan reactions to the Montreal Canadiens being in the second round. And would you care to hear them in our next segment? Oh, it would be my absolute pleasure to hear my co-host <laughs> let it fly. It is it. You're it's just so good. <laughs> and that's coming up in just one moment. But first fuel up with built bar. Like I'm about to fuel up for this rent with built bar built bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. You've heard about it. It's got great 18 great delicious flavors, plus a bunch of special ones that they come out with once in a while. And all of those are delicious too. They don't have that protein bar, weird pasty texture. They don't taste like whey protein. You know, that exact annoying taste that I'm talking about. They are delicious. They taste like candy bars. They're soft. They're chewy. They're made with real chocolate. And each bar is low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein. They're good for energy. They're good for recovery. And if you want to try Built Bar, you can go to BuiltBar.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Please note, if you have used a different promo code from us in the past, whether it was locked on or locked or whatever, if you use a new promo code, it will still work. So if you haven't used this one yet, try LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com to get 15% off your order. Let's say you wanted to order some and you were waiting around for a promo code because you already tried it before. That's what you do. Locked15 at BuiltBar.com. Try it. You'll love it. And then you can come back and tell us we were right. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
Scott, I have yes. some feelings. Oh. oh, I have some feelings I would like to share. <laughs> I well, let me just go and take a nice sip of my drink here. And please <laughs> tell me about your feelings, Laura. I have a feeling I know what they are, but I am very excited for this. So I'm going to sit here quietly and let you do your thing. I have a question for neutral fans who keep complaining that this series is boring. Do they know that not watching it is an option? Uh, And also, do they know that this is kind of how it works? In the playoffs, you do what it takes to win. If you have to play a boring game in order to win, then that's what you do. And if you are not able to be like the Avs and, and the Knights or Tampa Bay or whatever... You do what you need to do to win. And that's what the Habs are doing. And that's, to a certain extent, unsuccessfully, what the Jets are doing. Not to a certain... They are unsuccessfully doing it at the moment. (laughs) If this series bores you, turn it off. Go outside. Watch a movie. Talk to your children. Do something else. Nobody is holding a gun to your head, forcing you to watch this boring playoff series, quote unquote. As a Habs fan, I'm having a lot of fun. And if you ask Jets fans, they're probably really stressed out. They're probably not having fun, (laughs) but they're not bored. They're not sitting and watching this board every time, you know, Cole Caulfield like hovers around Connor Hellebuck. I guarantee you each one of them is either biting their nails or having a heart attack. So if you're bored by this, you are free to stop watching nobody's asking you to watch another thing is that if you crapped on the montreal canadians all season like we did we not all season after that first game we said (laughs) that they were playing badly like absolutely we didn't have any hope that they were going to beat the leaps we said they were but we are now here asking ourselves and saying maybe we were wrong about these Montreal Canadiens. Maybe we were wrong about Dominique Ducharme being hopeless. Maybe we were wrong about Corey Perry. Maybe we were wrong about Eric Stahl. We have said that we were. It's okay to admit that you were wrong. Instead, you're freaking doubling down on the fact that the Winnipeg Jets are miss- missing Mark Shifley, or they're missing Dylan Demello, or they're missing whoever, and that's the only reason the Canadians are winning. The Canadians have won six games in a row in the playoffs. How many people do that? How many teams go six games in a row without losing in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs? Perfectly fine to admit you're wrong. I'm admitting I was wrong. Like, I was completely wrong. I thought, I was scared that the Habs were going to get swept by the Leafs. I said I said Leafs in six because I thought Carey Price is never going to let a sweep happen. And I was right about that part. But I also didn't think that the Canadians were going to win that fourth game. Uh, or game seven. <laughs> anyway, game seven. The whole point is, like, if you keep insisting that the Habs suck, the Habs suck, the Habs suck, and you keep twisting the narratives to fit into the Habs suck narrative, just admit that they're better than we all thought they were. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. I know the Winnipeg Jets suck. I know the North Division is weak. I don't care. The Canadians are better than we thought they were at the end of the regular season because the team that we saw at the end of the regular season would not have gotten here. They would not have been able to string together three, six wins in a row. They would not have been able to complete the comeback against the Toronto Maple Leafs and they would not be dominating the Winnipeg Jets right now. Did anybody forget that at the beginning of the season when they were playing the Jets, they dominated the Jets too? Like, did, did people just suddenly think the Winnipeg Jets were better because the Canadians couldn't get their shit together? Honestly, like, I'm just, I'm so tired of this. Just admit that you're wrong. And also, if you are a Leafs fan, constantly whining about how the path 
to the semifinals was so easy, blah, blah, blah. They can't believe that this is the team that swept the Oilers and now they're losing to the Montreal Canadiens and they can't believe this. And, you know, if this really should have been the Leafs spot, if it should have been the Leafs spot, the Leafs would have been in round two right now instead of playing golf. So just get over it. Your team didn't make the second round. Yes, they were good. And it's like, oh, they would have been so good against the Avs. Well, they should have beat the Canadians then. They couldn't get past the Canadians. How were they going to be good against the Avs? There's no way they were going to be able to match up with the good teams in the, in the, in the West or even Tampa Bay or even Carolina for that matter. Like, I just, I feel like if you're going to sit there and you're constantly going to crap on the Canadians and the series and all of that, it's like, they shouldn't be in the playoffs. Well, they won enough games to be in the playoffs. The Winnipeg Jets won four games against the Edmonton Oilers. And now they're in the second round. The, the Montreal Canadiens won four games against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And now they're in the second round. Go outside. Don't watch it. Nobody's forcing you to watch it. Anyway, I'm done. Do you have anything to say? Let me just crack my knuckles here for a second. Um, (laughs) If you're out here complaining that the Canadians can only win because John Tavares was injured in a freak accident and that Dylan DeMello got hurt like three minutes into game one and that Mark Shifley is a dumbass, that's not (laughs) my problem. That sounds like another team problem. The Leafs were supposed to be this deep, incredible team that they have Matthews and they have Nylander and they have Marner and that Alex Galchenyuk is rebuilt and is the second coming of Christ on the Mount in Toronto. And guess what? When it counted, they couldn't put it together. That sounds like a Toronto Maple Leafs problem to me. The Jets came into game one and their goalie got lit up a little bit and one of their defensemen got hurt. That sucks. Mark Shifley did a dumb thing and got suspended. He's an idiot. That's a Winnipeg Jets problem. How is it the Canadians' fault that they're taking advantage of these situations? Where in your brain did you go and concoct this idea that the Habs are taking advantage of this situation in front of them? Well, that's sure mean. Shucks, they should they should just, you know, let them into the series and try and have a good one. Screw that. The Canadians weren't supposed to be here. Leafs in three, remember? Guess what? They're one game away from sweeping the Winnipeg Jets. And if it's because Winnipeg doesn't have the depth to compete or has a coach who is stuck in 1997 because he's Paul goddamn Maurice, that's not my problem. The Montreal Canadiens' problem is to win hockey games. They could be playing the Winnipeg Jets AHL team because the entire Jets team is injured. That is not my problem. Do you just want the Canadians to not try? Like what, what is happening in your brain that this is your take there? Get over yourself and admit that, yeah, maybe this team is better than I thought. Honest to God, I thought I had brainworms tweeting about dumb stuff, but holy Christ, God forbid you give the Montreal Canadiens a modest, whatever of credit in this series (laughs) that they are playing incredible, high danger, high percentage hockey. But no, it's got to be only because the Jets are injured. Suck a fart and get over yourself. Oh my God. Just give them a little credit. I'm not asking you to name them cup champions. I'm asking you to say, hey, they're playing pretty well right now. I don't think that's asking for too much. Yeah, I just, and that's the thing too, is that you always have to think about it. The Stanley Cup is obviously the best teams will make the finals, but also 
the luckiest teams will make the finals. Sometimes there'll be a team that overperforms and ends up in a Stanley Cup final or a semifinal, which is where we think the Habs are going to end up, you know, and, and sometimes they get there because everything went right. And sometimes like luck just happened, right? The John Tavares injury was a freak injury. The Jake Muzzin injury was a freak injury. It's not like the Canadians went out with like hammers and they're like, we're going to put out a hit on this guy. Like <laughs> that's not what happened. It, it's, it's, it's luck. It's bad luck. And the Winnipeg Jets, I mean, Mark Shifley had to take responsibility for his own actions, but like all their other guys who keep getting hurt, they're on Winnipeg Jets shots. It's just luck. That's how it works. And if you're not lucky, you're not going to go far in the playoffs. And if you have bad luck, unfortunately, you might be the better team and you'll be out. And the Canadians are just riding this, this streak of luck. But that doesn't mean they're hopeless or incompetent. Do I believe in their chances against the Colorado Avalanche? Probably not. Uh, that's, that's, that's very tall. But the Colorado Avalanche are an amazing team, right? Even the Vegas Golden Knights are an amazing team. I'm sorry, our friends are going to get really mad at us for giving them this credit, but yeah, they're an amazing team, right? Like those teams are in a different caliber. Whoever ends up playing Tampa, it's probably going to be Boston or the Islanders. I don't know. I'm seeing a Tampa Colorado final and I think it's going to be great. And I think it's going to be beautiful, but everything has to go right for those teams to make it. And if a single thing goes wrong, then there's a good chance that another team's going to make their spot. And that's exactly what happened with the Montreal Canadiens. The Toronto Maple Leafs ran into some bad luck and then they just couldn't adjust in order to beat the Canadians in those last three games. It happens, but that doesn't mean the Canadians are hopeless. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't even mean that they're good. Just give them some credit for doing this on their own. Give them some credit for getting this far. Give them some credit. At least it's just like, stop complaining. Just stop. Like if you're mad about it, like d- d- don't watch. That's, that's all I have to say. It's it. That's enough. Just let us enjoy it. Let us have nice things. Yeah, that's just let let us have our fun. That's all I'm asking for. I don't think I'm asking for much. Apparently you are, Scott. We must. You know what I think they wanted was for the Canadians, even after they won game seven, to step aside and be like, actually, we don't deserve to go to the second round. So Toronto, why don't you take our place? I think that's what they wanted. (laughs) It's not how it works, bro. It's sports. The team that wins gets to go. And if the Canadians don't win against the Winnipeg Jets, it's going to be an epic collapse. But you know what? I'm not going to complain that the Jets went to the semifinals. Like they, that's what happened. I'm going to get over it. And I might not watch if it's boring, but you know, I'm not going to complain about it for seven hours. Like I'm just going to let it go. And that's what I think you should do. Uh, anyway, that's it for uh, today's rant. Please join us tomorrow. We are skipping our Wednesday episode because we did a Saturday episode after the Canadians won a game two. And we will be with you, obviously, for a Tuesday episode after tonight's game. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter, LO underscore Canadians. You can find Scott at Scott Matla. You will find me at The Active Stick. You can always email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. And you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe. And you can also subscribe to Locked On Today, which is a podcast in which you get more of the sports news you need in less time. It's available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 